Welcome to the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do podcast with your host, Tom Singer. In each episode, we explore the interesting lives of business leaders, entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, and others who have a healthy dose of the entrepreneurial spirit. It is time to explore something cool. Now, here is your host, Tom Singer. Welcome to another episode of Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. Thank you so much for joining in. I hope that you've been enjoying the recent shows that we've had. I think we've had some of the most intriguing interviews the last four, five, or six episodes. And I've really been proud of the the show the last couple of times that we've done it. So thank you. I've gotten so many emails from people. It really makes my whole day. If you listen to the show and you just send me a little email, it's Tom, T-H-O-M, at TomSinger.com. It really makes me happy when I hear from people and, and you say that you're getting getting some value out of the show because, you know, you set out and you do a show and and you think, what if nobody listens? And then if they are listening, you wonder, are they getting any value from it? So it really does make me happy to know that people are listening and people are happy with what they're getting from the show. Now, I also want to remind you, I'm in the process of trying to put together the Cool Things Project, which is the group coaching program that I'm trying to put together that stemmed from a couple of people who emailed me saying, Tom, How come you don't do this? We'd like to have a little group where we talk about being a solopreneur, where we talk about maybe making that break from our regular job. So I'm in the process of trying to put that together. My mistake was I started talking about it here on the show about five or six episodes ago before I was really ready to launch it. So I got a little ahead of the game, but I'm finding out that there's a lot of logistics that I have to put together to be able to make this happen and make sure that it's going to work for my schedule and provide value to the people who sign up for it. But if you think you'd like to be part of this, it's going to be very affordable. And my hope is, is that we're going to have a lot of interaction and dialogue. And I don't want a whole bunch of people, but we have to get to a critical mass. So if this sounds like something you want to participate, email me at tom at tomsinger.com and let me know that you're interested in getting the information as we get ready to launch this group coaching program, The Cool Things Project. So speaking about talking about being a solopreneur, That's going to be the topic of today's episode. I have been really caught up in being a one-man show. I spent uh, the last couple of days with my mastermind group. We flew to Denver, Colorado, and we rented a loft uh, from Airbnb, and we moved into the house, and we really started dissecting each other's businesses. Everybody in my mastermind group is a professional speaker, and all of us work for ourselves and by ourselves. One of us actually does have an assistant part-time, but for the most part, we are one-person companies. And I will tell you, when you really start peeling back that onion and getting to the core of four very different businesses, and yet... We're all professional speakers, so at the same time, those businesses are very similar. It gets very interesting. You start realizing that every solopreneur faces different challenges, whether those challenges directly have to do with their business, with their clients, with their family, with how they handle the travel, with how they handle little things. And I don't think most of us thought about everything that goes into running a business, even a one-person business, before we really got started. And yet the statistics are showing that more and more people are becoming solopreneurs and consultants. One of the statistics I heard recently is that by the year 2020, which is only five years from now, 40% of our working population will be moving towards working for themselves and being a freelancer. 
That is a huge shift. If that number is true, that is a huge change in our population if more people are going to be out there struggling trying to make things happen for themselves. Now, some people fall into it accidentally. I had dinner with a friend who is now working as a consultant. He has several clients. He's doing very well. He's actually, for his first year in business, really hitting some really impressive numbers. And yet, he was a consultant because that's what life handed him. He was working and he got laid off and there weren't any jobs in his field. And boom, he fell into sort of picking up some consulting jobs. And all of a sudden, it's working for him. But I don't know that that was his life's dream to actually be a one-man shop working with three different clients. So some people fall into this out of circumstance. Other people working for themselves, getting out of the grind of the, the regular job, having that financial freedom and location freedom is something that really gets them excited. So they take the leap and become a solopreneur and start their business. But sometimes I think they haven't really thought it through. I'll be honest with you, this is something that I wanted to do for a long time. I wanted to have this business where I am a professional master of ceremonies, keynote speaker, trainer, and consultant. I wanted to be the person who had that ability to, to work from home, to be able to drive my kids to school, not have to answer to anybody. And because I had a sales background, I wasn't scared about being able to you know, do the sales side. But I never thought about everything that it takes to run a business, even a one-person business. And so there's all kinds of areas that you have to be thinking about. There's management, there's sales, there's marketing, there's accounting and finance, HR and benefits, legal, logistics and travel, strategic planning. You have to do the shipping. You have to take care of all the vendors. There are so many things that you have to do if you want to run your own business, that I thought today I would just go through and talk about a few of them. I'm not going to spend the whole time going into detail about every single area of a business, but I did think today it would be interesting to be able to just have a little chat about if you really want to take that leap, that you know what you're going to be in store for. In the last episode, I interviewed a CEO of a, of a growing company in the demand generation space, a guy by the name of Carlos Hildalgo. And we were talking, and one of the things I told him was, I actually think if I ever went to work for a company again, I would be the most appreciative employee in the world. So many people who work for themselves and people who have podcasts, you hear them all the time. They say, I am unemployable. I've worked for myself for so long now. There's no way I could go work for somebody else. I am totally unemployable. Well, I don't know if that's true. I love what I do, and I hope that I get to continue to do this, to be a speaker, to run this podcast, to be able to sort of live my life entwined with my business. I hope that I get to do this for the rest of as long as I'm on this planet. However... If circumstances change and I go back to work for a company, I do know that I would be so appreciative because before, I never realized what responsibilities lay on the shoulder of my boss. Never even dawned on me all the things that could keep my boss awake at night, all the things that could derail them on a day-to-day -day basis when an emergency occurs. And yet now, having run my own business for six and a half years, I'm very clear that it's hard. Now, like I said, I, I want to be doing this. But it is hard. And so I, I think today we're going to talk a little bit about the things you need to think about if you want to go solo. So first of all, if you're solo, you don't have a team that you manage and you think, oh, how great. I don't have to manage people. It's just myself. But I will tell you that the worst employee I could ever have is me. Because when you're your own boss, it's hard to hold yourself accountable. When I worked in corporate America and I had a boss and he gave me a deadline, I had to meet that deadline because I knew there were going to be consequences if I didn't bring that deadline. 
to its completion by the time my boss expected it. However, working for myself, if I blow a deadline, if I don't get a letter out, I don't finish an email, I don't get a contract out in time, the only person I have to answer to is myself. And sometimes I'm kind of a softy when it comes to disciplining myself. And so therefore, you have to be a better manager if you're managing yourself than I think you have to be if you're managing a team. So you really have to think about self management. If you're going to go work for yourself and the buck stops on your own desk, you got to make sure that you have the personality and that you are ready to handle that. Is that something that you've thought of? Are you thinking about taking the leap into running your own business? And have you realized that without someone there kind of giving you deadlines and holding you accountable, you might actually find that it's harder to work for yourself than it ever was to work for anybody else just because there's not the structure. So self-management becomes as important as any other management tool. Now, sales and marketing are the ones that come up as the biggest problem for a lot of people who go and start their own business. So for me, it wasn't so hard. My actual background in corporate America was in sales and marketing. So I have a good understanding of what it takes. Now, a lot has changed in the six and a half years since I've been out. So much of the marketing has moved to online and the way campaigns are done. And I didn't actually do that when I was working in corporate America because things were different. However, I don't have a problem picking up the phone and calling a potential client. I don't get nervous if I have a call scheduled with somebody who might want to hire me. And I actually have a pretty good sales rate when it comes to actually closing deals. People who really consider me as a possible person to speak at their conference, I have a close ratio close to 50%. So I know if I want more business, I have to show up on more short lists. I have to be the person that people are considering, which means I've got to find ways to get my name in front of people. And that gets me into marketing. So I write a lot. I send out information. I'm constantly trying to make sure that my name is getting out in front of the people who could possibly hire me. But sales and marketing are two of the toughest things for other people. And I'll tell you what, they're tough for me, even though I come out of that. They just don't scare me. But I talk to lawyers all the time, and, and lawyers are often really just solopreneurs, even if they work for a bigger firm, and many of them become paralyzed by the thought of having to promote themselves and to try and close a sale. So make sure if you're thinking of going to work for yourself that you are capable and confident in taking on the sales and marketing, because the sales and marketing, without sales and marketing, you have no business. If there's no money coming in, your circumstances are going to make you have to go get a job. There is no business if there are no clients. So sales and marketing are probably, in my opinion, the most important thing that you have to be prepared to take on if you're going to go out. Just because you have a great talent or just because you have a great product doesn't mean that you're actually going to be able to drum up business. And you can't really outsource this. It's really hard. People always come to me and go, I just want to find a salesperson. Well, if you're a small solo business and you're not making millions of dollars a year, finding a great salesperson won't work because fantastic salespeople, they make a lot of money. If you're a good salesperson, you can get a job making a great income. So therefore, you're not going to go work on full commission for some solo consultant or for some speaker. And what you end up doing if you try to outsource sales is if you can't get the best people, you outsource it to second or third tier people. The problem is, when it comes to sales and marketing, if you put it in the hands of second or third tier people, you're going to end up with second or third tier results. In order to have sales and marketing work, it has to be being done correctly, and it has to be being done by people who are doing it full time, and nobody is going to be able to do it for you like you're going to be able to do it for you. 
So if you're thinking of going solo, make sure that you understand the sales and marketing and that you embrace it and that you're ready to go and do it. I think it derails a lot of people. I think many people who could be very successful working for themselves are not prepared for what it takes to do the sales and to market their business. The next one is accounting and finance. Now, this is an area I do not excel in naturally. I have an accountant who does my taxes. I have to because there's no other way I would be able to get that done. For me, it is so confusing. And I've tried to do my own bookkeeping, but I'm in the process of hiring a bookkeeper because what I've done is created a giant mess that takes my accountant twice as long to clean up, where if I just outsourced to somebody to make sure that the month-to-month books were done and done correctly, it makes my year-end stuff so much easier. Now, So many people think, oh, I can't afford to have anybody do my accounting. I have come, and I've learned this the hard way, I have come to believe that you can't afford not to. If accounting and finance are not your background, when you start your business, go find a bookkeeper. And the good news is, is that it, it doesn't have to be complicated. They don't have to be somebody with the utmost experience. They just have to have a basic understanding of how to make sure your QuickBooks are being done correctly, things are getting in the right bucket, but you're going to have to manage it because I have worked with people who necessarily weren't attention to detail oriented. And the problem with that is, is that if they mess up the books, fixing it is a huge pain. I know this in my own business because I've messed them up year after year after year and getting them fixed is always a problem. So don't mess around with accounting and finance. If that's not your forte, you know, don't fake it. The next area of business you need to worry about is HR and benefits. Now, if you don't have employees, you think, why do I need HR? Well, you need it because of yourself. You know, you are your human resource. In fact, if you're a solopreneur, HR becomes even more important because you got to take care of yourself. And the biggest thing is, is making sure you understand what your healthcare options are. So when you leave corporate America and you leave those group plans, everything is different. And Obamacare has not made this easier. In a lot of ways, it's made it more complicated. And it's certainly... The Affordable Care Act has not made this more affordable. I have been working for myself for the last six and a half years, and my health care costs to be able to insure my family have gone through the roof. I pay more in health care than I pay for my mortgage for my house, and I live in a nice neighborhood. I've got a fairly nice house, and I pay more to insure a family of four for basic health care than I do for anything else. But if we don't, and we have a problem then we're going to have other problems. So just getting the basic plan doesn't work for a family with young children because children have to go to the doctor. Heck, I had a couple of health scares this year and I had to go to the doctor a couple times just to make sure that I was okay. And the problem was, is that if I didn't have the right health insurance, all of that would have come out of pocket. All of the tests would have been out of pocket and that could have had a serious impact on my bottom line. So you have to make sure that you're not just getting any plan that you're finding the plan that is right for you and your family. I spent a couple of years ago when I redid my healthcare plan, I spent 60 hours over about four or five months researching plans, reading things, taking care of stuff, signing up to do the paperwork. It took me more than a full week's time. Now it was spread out over a couple of months, but it took me more than full time, a full week to make sure that I got everything right that I needed to have for that health care and for that health insurance policy. So we all believe this is going to be easy, but it's not. And if you're 
the one man show, if you're the person who has to go out and take care of it all for yourself and your family, you had better be willing to dedicate the time to be able to understand what all your options are. Now, before I go into a couple of the other areas, I think that it's important that you pay attention to if you're going to go out on your own and become a solopreneur. Let me thank the sponsor of this episode. Every week, this show is sponsored by Podfly Productions. Podfly.net is where you need to go if you're thinking of starting your own podcast. I will tell you, they do all the heavy lifting and the technical work to make sure that you can focus on creating a great podcast. If I had to rely on me to edit the show, if I had to rely on me to go through and fix all the sound and then to get it posted so that it would be on iTunes for you to download and listen to, this show would never happen. Sometimes when I'm traveling a lot, like I am this week, I kind of miss the deadline. So this show might show up a little bit late, but I'll post it tonight. And at some point tomorrow, my fantastic editor, Scott, is going to get this show up for you. I tell you what, if I didn't have podfly.net, there would be no cool things entrepreneurs do. And I am so appreciative that they sponsor this show. And let me tell you, if you're thinking of starting a podcast, jump on over to podfly.net slash cool things and check out the offer that they have for the listeners of this show. So just a couple more areas you need to think about if you're going to be a solopreneur. And the next one is legal. Now, if you're a large publicly traded company, you have an entire department of dozens of on-staff lawyers who take care of everything that comes up that you need to run a business when it comes to your contracts and taking care and defending yourself against anything else that comes your way. But if you're a solopreneur, you can't wing it. If you are not a lawyer, you need to have access to a lawyer to make sure that the contracts that you're using are protecting you and in case you ever get sued or anybody threatens you, that you have someone to go to. So you have to have a lawyer that you can turn to in times of need. And I'll tell you what, lawyers are expensive. However, they are a necessity. Now, in our society, we make a lot of fun of lawyers. But at the same time, if you're running a business and you don't have some sort of legal advice that you're getting you're going to be in trouble because we live in a very litigious society and there are all kinds of people who are out there trying to take advantage of small businesses. And if you're a solopreneur, you're a small business. And if somebody runs across you and decides they want to go after you, you need to have a line of defense and having access to a great attorney is really, really important. Now, there's a lot of ways you can do it. There are services out there for small business so that you can find you know, protection and access to contract reviews and things like that. You also can just network. Network in your community. There are a lot of lawyers who are hungry to work with small businesses. I have three or four friends because I come out of a background of working inside law firms. I have friends who've hung out their own shingle, and those are my go-to people, and they're the people that I do business with when I need a lawyer. But I will tell you what, in your own community, you can find some great lawyers who are there to work with businesses. If you live in Austin, Texas, and you're looking for a lawyer, and you're a small business, hey, I have a lot of friends who are lawyers. Reach out to me. However, if you live somewhere else and you need to find a great lawyer, talk to your network. Talk to the people in your community. Who are they using? Look to other small businesses because I've said it many times on this show. You should have friends who have businesses like yours. Not everybody out there has to be some wicked, evil competitor. So you want to know who also has a small consulting business or who else has a small accounting or bookkeeping firm. Whatever you're doing for your business, have some friends who have similar type businesses and share information and share resources. You don't have to look at everybody in your industry as a competitor because I'll tell you what, those people who have businesses like yours, they know where you can find a bookkeeper. They know where you can find a lawyer. They will help you 
if you go out of your way to help them. So make friends with people because that's the way you find these important vendors who are going to keep your business alive. And I think legal is one of those that you need to find the right people to help you. So the best way to do it is be networked in your community because there's a lot of lawyers in your community. You don't want to get the wrong one. So you want to make sure that you're checking with people who have good referral sources in your community to help you find that right lawyer. Also, you need to think about who's going to manage your logistics and travel. Now, in the case of my little sole proprietor, you know, solopreneur business, I take care of everything. Now, I have a lot of friends who outsource their travel and logistics to a virtual assistant. For me, I like to handle my own travel. Now, I travel almost every week and people say, Tom, that's a lot. You should let someone else do it. But because it, my travel is so important, I can't be the keynote speaker at an event and not show up. Which means I, when I go to the airport, I need to know what my options are. I need to know if there's a storm in the city I'm going to, what are the other cities nearby? If I need to reroute and get a car and drive in, I have to have all this stuff in my head. I need to know how many flights there are a day going to the city that I'm going to. I like to handle this myself. So I take care of all of my own travel and all of my own logistics as far as making sure that everything I need to be able to deliver a speech or to be that master of ceremony is in place when I show up. However, if you're the type of person who can use an outsourced virtual assistant, you know, that's something you want to consider because anytime you can free up things for you, it allows you to go back and focus on the things you're really good at and the things you have to take care of. For me, I like taking care of travel myself, but I can promise you if you have a consulting business or something else you want to start that's going to take you on the road, you had darn well better make sure that you're thinking about how am I getting from point A to point B and what are my other options because things go wrong constantly. The other day I came back from Pittsburgh, five hours delayed. Uh, went to Denver a couple days later, two hours delayed. Happens all the time, so you have to be aware of what's going on. Travel is not just click, click, and fly. There's so many things that are involved that you'd better think that out in advance. Another area you want to think about if you're going to be a solopreneur is your strategic planning. So this is part of what I did with my mastermind group last week, is we sat down and we looked at what is Tom doing with his business? Where does he need to be? Strategically, where am I putting my focus on where I'm putting my time and my effort? Because you only have so many hours in a day. I need to be strategic as I look out to 2016. And this is something that I don't think you can do alone. And this is where a mastermind group or a little board of directors can be so helpful to the small business person or the solopreneur. Because if you try to do it all yourself, I promise you're going to miss things. But when you have other people who can look at it from their own worldview and say, Tom, have you thought about doing it this way? Hey, how about if you took your attention off that and did this other thing? So I'm in the process of writing a new book. And one of the things we came up with was, all of these podcast interviews that I'm doing and ones that I'll be doing forward through the writing process gives me the opportunity to ask a lot of experts questions that will be so important for the book. So one of their strategy tips for me was, Tom, how are you using the podcast to make sure you're gathering the information you need for the new book that you're proposing to that publisher? And it was like a light bulb went off in my head because that means that some of the smartest people out there who will be talking to me on cool things entrepreneurs do, they also become part of the strategy for getting the new book done. Well, that's fantastic. And that's a great idea. And for some reason, even though I do this podcast twice a week, it never even crossed my mind. So that's why you want to have strategic planning and you do not want to do it alone. And another one that just sort of came to mind, I thought that was going to be the last one, but another one that came to mind is shipping. 
Now, that could have fallen under logistics, I guess. But I have a friend who runs a publishing company, and he has to send books out all the time. He tends to go to the post office almost every day. Have you ever thought about that? If you're selling a product, if your solopreneur job is going to involve a product that you're going to have to ship, how often are you going to have to go to the post office? How are you going to take care of making sure things are boxed and labeled and sent? It blows me away how hard it is to get that done on a regular basis. I often have to send stuff out in advance. Like if uh, the client has bought a book for everybody who's going to be at the event where I'm speaking, I have to make sure that those books are sent. And in addition to everything else I have to do, I, because I'm a solopreneur, have to package the books up in a box, pack them with bubble wrap so they don't get ruined, seal that box, slap a label on it. I have to go to the post office and stand in line myself. Now, that's something you may not think of, but it is extravagantly time-consuming when you have two or three of those that come up in several days apart. And these are big, heavy boxes, so it's not like I can just take 10 of them in at one time. So sometimes I have to make multiple runs. This is something else you have to think about. There's so many little things that you have to do if you're going to run a solo business. So I'm not telling you all of these things to discourage you, because I'll tell you what, if that statistic is true and 40% of people are going to become freelancers by 2020, I kind of think it's exciting because I love what I do. I love being the person who wakes up in the morning and pushes that rock to the top of the hill. And sometimes I wake up the next day and that rock is at the bottom of the hill and I have to start all over again. But I find it so exciting to be a person who's working for myself, making it happen and being able to make sure my kids are fed, to pay my daughter's college tuition, to be able to take the family on vacation. These things, it's so exciting to know that I did that. But the truth is, as much as I can say I'm a solopreneur, I'm really not. I have my wife and my daughters who are involved in the business, even though they're not directly involved in the business. They are so supportive of me and what I'm doing. And I have my mastermind group, and I have my friends, and I have my business partner for the publishing company who is always right there supporting me with ideas and just every possible way you can think of that you can give someone moral support. And so I am never alone, even as a solopreneur. So your list is going to be long of the things that you are responsible for, but don't go into this all by yourself. Make sure that you have your arms wrapped around the people in your life, that there is a big warm hug of support that is coming from other people, because without that, I don't think you can succeed. You have to have other people with you if you're going to do that. So I decided I would do this little chat about solopreneur and doing it on your own. I hope some of this was interesting. I wonder if anybody was like, oh my God, I've never even thought about that. But I'll tell you what, when you start a business on your own, money is tight. So the responsibility falls to you. And if you're fortunate enough to grow the business and you're able to hire people, that just takes you in a different direction. It doesn't take away any of these things you have to do. It just brings more people into the equation where you can farm out a lot of those responsibilities. But in the early days, if you're going to start a business, you're going to be doing management. You're going to be doing sales, marketing, accounting, HR and benefits, legal, logistics, shipping, and strategic planning, and everything else. I'm sure I left out three or four things that everybody has to do with the business. However, you have to remember when you start out, you're responsible for it all. You had darn well better be ready for all the things that you have to do. Because I'll tell you what, I don't think I was. I don't think I had any idea how much responsibility it was to, to run a business. And if you're fortunate enough to grow it and you get people hired to take on these tasks, that's great. 
but it doesn't make those tasks go away. And as long as you are in charge of the business, those responsibilities still sit on your shoulders. So let me know if you're thinking of being a solopreneur. Let me know if you want to jump in the, the cool things project so that we can talk solopreneur things and stuff and what it's going to take to get your business up and going. Let me know that you want to join that group too. In the meantime, I'm going to be back in a couple of days with an interview with somebody pretty cool. But for now, I want you to go out there and have a great day. Thank you for being part of the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do podcast. Without your participation and listening to these conversations, there is no show. Connect with Tom at TomSinger.com and follow him on Twitter at, at TomSinger. This podcast was produced in part by Podfly.net. Podfly, passion for great sounding podcasts. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.